the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 5 betting preview where we'll talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and of course, we will build our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets with the help of my co-host, Stucky, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation. What's going on, Stuck? Hey, what's going on, brother? Another really good week. A bittersweet result in the Ravens game. You know, a lot of people out there had three and a half. I know not everyone can get the same numbers. People have like real lives and jobs. Someone was asking me, when should you buy the three and a half? It depends on the game and totals. There's other factors, but if you can get minus 120, that's fine. 25, 30, you're, 30 don't. 25, you're starting to push it. Usually they make you pay 30. But that game, so for a number of reasons, I was happy and sad. So I covered, but I wanted everyone to cover, which sucked. I'm a Ravens fan, which sucked. Have the, a Ravens future, which sucked because that could decide the one seed for tiebreakers. And, but... On the flip side, I think that that could potentially create value and perception, flawed perception with this Ravens team, which we'll get into today. And I had that spot circled against the Bills, that playoff loss a couple of years ago. Guess who's going to have that spot circled again if they meet again in January? So in a way, in losing in heartbreaking fashion like that, and, and the worst thing of all, though, is, and I said this Sunday morning, I said I, I'm starting to shake. I did a gif of a guy shaking in just trauma is, oh, my God, we have Jerome Boger. And (laughs) he essentially ruined the game. Um, I don't know if the Bills still would have won. Everyone will talk about the roughing the passers Josh Allen was crying for and he got on one of the worst you'll ever see. Whatever. That happens in NFL games. It's awful. I hate it. We should be able to review these things really quickly. You don't review every penalty. You review the, the, the roughings and the hits to the head. They do it in college. They just go off real quick. They look, is it targeting? Nope, no targeting. Pick up a flag. They are too important to penalties. I go over this every year. So we'll talk about the Ravens here shortly, but another really good week. Who cares, though? We're on to the next. And uh, there's not they're not all going to be good weeks, but hopefully we can keep them going for as long as possible. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of a bittersweet start to the pod for me because I know you're a Ravens fan, but I kind of expected you to go uh, and shout out your man, Bailey Zappi. You know, to open it up. Bailey Zappy. I'm devastated. Yeah, well, by yeah. you, obviously. But now, yeah, now it's like Mac Jones may be back. You know, it's day by day, though. Day by day. I know. Yeah, maybe it's a Belichick, like, uh, pump fake. But he was, like, moving around out there and looked okay when I was w- watching some clips of him. We'll talk about that game. But, yeah, everyone was tweeting and texting me. They're like, you said this on the pod. Everyone with uh, Packers Survivor, too, was like, it was, it was, when Hoyer went down, I was like, oh, my God. Stucky said this. That asshole is going to be right in the pack and going to lose. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots kind of played it way too conservative late. And they didn't yeah. play it like a big dog. And they got to the overtime and they kind of shit the bed. But yeah, Zappy coming in was amazing. I bet him live a bunch too as soon as he came in. So shout out to Zappy Hour, who we have ca- we called on our college podcast for, for the past two years. 
I'm excited that he got a chance to get in there. Yeah, we'll see who goes this week. We'll talk about that game later, though. You called Pickett coming in, too. So you were you were pretty on fire with the calls. So, yeah, Mitch Bortles. Bortles, who retired today, and Mitch is relegated to backup. So it's kind of uh, fitting in a way. I got a Mitch stat for later in the show. And a quick heads up to our listeners that Friday is the start of the MLB playoffs. That means Action Network's baseball betting podcast, Payoff Pitch. We'll have new episodes basically every weekday from this Friday through the World Series. So if you want to bet some playoff baseball, check out the Payoff Pitch podcast. All right, let's talk Thursday night football and get it started with tonight's game between the Colts and the Broncos. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. This game is like the battle of the teams without the with their with running back injuries. You know, Jonathan Taylor's out. Javante Williams went down last week. Both of these offenses, I mean, it, the passing games, yeah, it's been it's been a struggle. Uh, by the way, you know, the Colts are three and a half point dogs on FanDuel. The total is forty two and a half. But I, I do feel like the Broncos can you know have some matchup advantages in the sense that like in theory their passing game should be better. Like, they have the better quarterback. They have the better receivers. It, it hasn't exactly turned out like that. But Matt Ryan, that Colts offensive line, I don't know what happened to the Colts offensive line. It's like, done. Yeah. It's just like they all, like the guys that used to be good at football are not good at football anymore on, on that offensive line. So it's very like bizarre. It, in that sense, I, I kind of feel like the Broncos have some some matchup advantages. I mean, they have, they still have a But they don't Gregory. Gregory's yeah. out now. Yeah. Uh, uh, 30 Pressures. I think I have it written down. I think he's no 19 pressures. He was top five uh, in pressures, uh, even though he only had a couple of sacks. So that is big. But I like I like the fact that they can put Sertan on, on Pittman. Yeah. Uh, Shadow well. no Taylor. Yeah. So yeah, even if even if Darby wasn't playing well, Matt Ryan is throwing the ball like what's his average depth of target? Like four yards. Like he's a, there's no time. He's he's not throwing the ball deep at all. So if you take away Pittman which Ryan and the offensive line have basically taken him out already, but, and there's no Taylor and the offensive line has already taken. I, I just don't know how the Colts are really going to move the ball here to help that there's no Gregory, but the Broncos will get pressure. The past. He's been mm-hmm. really good on the, on the other side, it just comes down to, you know, there's no Javante Williams. Are they going to put Melvin Gordon out there? Like, is, is he just going to fumble the game? Why? So that's a wild card. We'll see. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have a committee, but when is Russ going to kind of break out of this? And look, you're playing, there's no Shaq, Shaq Leonard's out again. Again, again. Uh, he played like eight snaps and got hurt. DeForest Buckner was limited last week. What will Russ do? So in a way, I'm curious to see, okay, there's no Javante Williams. You don't have as much confidence in the explosiveness of your backfield. Do you let kind of Russ you know, what we've been arguing for what they should have been doing in Seattle, which they are doing now, let Russ try to run around and create more and be himself instead of like in this box that he's obviously not thriving in. But I will say, we talked about this earlier, right before we went on to record, we, we mentioned the Dolphins last week and the, the play that ended the game was Bridgewater came in and then him and a receiver had a miscommunication. And, um, you know, I, I, I also tweeted this out. I said, that's that's short week backup quarterback in, and you just can't you can't run that route. By the way, I don't think it was a pick though. They didn't they didn't they didn't review it. Um I think it might have skimmed the now ground. he got he got under. I, I I watched it. I think he got under it. Uh, Did he? It, it looked like he dropped it, but he actually just 
it was so directly to him that it just like the ball caught him essentially from what I saw. But yeah. So, but regardless, the, that's the kind of like a, maybe something that happens with a rookie Mm -hmm. head coach and historically rookie head coaches, which we have here with the Broncos have not fared well on Thursday night football, which makes sense. It's short prep, but something you're not used to. You got to do a game plan quickly. And if you're going up against a veteran coach, like, right. Maybe you're at a disadvantage. They're eight, eight, sixteen, and one over the past twenty-five games on Thursday night football against the spread. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to altitude on the short. There's, I could make a case for every uh, every side here. So you know what I'm doing. I'm gonna look to see, pull up the Action Network app, and I'm going to see what you or my guy Sean Kerner bets on a prop, and I'm gonna bet. A Thursday night player prop. That will be my action in this game because uh, I want no part. It's ugly. Iowa versus the Colts. By the way, uh, we should shout out uh, our guy Kerner uh, was number one in the week four fantasy accuracy. So he's up to six uh, for the year and I'm at two. So we got two Action Network employees in the top six. So uh, hopefully we can keep it up. But shout out to Kerner. That was a very sly way of uh, announcing that you're second. You got to <laughs> shout out Kerner who's six. <laughs> Now we have two of the top six because I'm second. It was very well mm. presented. But uh, we digress. Uh, yeah, this game is ugly. Uh, Frank Reich, you know, might have a, a little advantage here over the rookie head coach. Although I don't, I don't know what advantage, right? I mean, he seems like he – ever since – what was it, that game against the Raiders, I think, last year that they blew? It just seems like this Colts team is flat. Uh, I don't know if he still has it. But he is 10-3 and three against the spread when he's catching more than a field goal. Uh, as a dog, 77%. So, and in that cover against Casey. So for what it's worth, uh, the Colts are probably the right side if you are going to bet it. But yeah, I think this is a, a player prop only game uh, for me as well. Let's jump. Oh, in. by the way, Colts unders, nine straight unders by nine points per game on average. Hmm. If I had to bet this, it's a primetime game, short week without your bats. I would lean under here, but I'm staying away. It seems like an under game, but you know, are these teams just going to come out and throw? I mean, I know they're not confident in Melvin Gordon. And on the other side, Naeem Hines is probably going to have to be your lead back. And then you're going to probably use Lindsey, who, you know, hasn't been on an NFL roster in a while. So, yeah, it's it's a dicey one. But that's Thursday Night Football. Let us now jump in to the Week 5 Sunday Six Pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open. The Sunday Six Pack. So let's get into it this week. Got to get back on, got to get one of those sweeps. Uh, I know I fucked it up in week one with, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was the Dolphins. I I don't know who I had, but uh, whatever game I had, we went five and one. So we're still looking for that sweep. Uh, I'll start us off with the first pick of the week five Sunday Six Pack presented by FanDuel. I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles minus five and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. And I really like this matchup for Philly. Uh, Listen, they put up 400 yards of total offense in every single game. Uh, Arizona doesn't have the cornerbacks to defend AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, the 29th in DVOA against tight ends. So they could struggle with Goddard as well. Even okay in run defense, but Philadelphia just ran for 210 yards, four touchdowns against the Jacksonville defense that 
came into the week as a as a top run defense. So uh, not really worried about anything in terms of the Philadelphia offense. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, this Cardinal team, and I bet on the Cardinals last week, and it was a struggle. Uh, if we weren't facing Baker Mayfield, which was really the whole reason I was betting on them last week, uh, it, it would have been it would have been really ugly. But this team, they tend to play better. I don't know what it is, but they tend to play better uh, away from home. You know, they go on the road. And I think there's something like 15 and three uh, on the road over the last 18 with Cliff. But at home, just nine and 17 against the spread, 35 percent. And they're always sad on that. King, Kingsbury, nine, 17 against the spread at home. Yeah. 19, seven and two against the spread on the road. I, I think yeah. it's yeah. I think it's. Uh, Kingsbury has his models out there. Uh, Kyler's <laughs> playing Call of Duty. When they yeah. go on the road, they they just get focused for some reason. It's crazy. And here's, I mean, I'm going to actually talk about football with this. It's like the trend is crazy. It makes me feel better about it. Uh, not my usual kind of bet, five and a half point road favorite. But, you know, looking at this, it, may, it does make some sense because they haven't covered in their last seven games at home. The last time they covered at home, October 24th of last year, 31 to five win over the lowly Houston Texans. That was the last time DeAndre Hopkins uh, played a full game at home for them. It's just a major loss for, for them on offense because since last year, they played just about the same amount of games with and without Hopkins. So we have a good kind of sample size to compare. 10 games with Hopkins, 11 games without him. With Hopkins, Kyler doesn't really turn the ball over. Under half an interception per game. Without Hopkins, it doubles. Now he's throwing about a pick per game. With Hopkins, point differential, plus 11.2. Without Hopkins, point differential, minus four. That's a 15-point swing over a 20-plus game sample size and point differential with and without Hopkins in the lineup. With Hopkins, 30.2 points per game. Without Hopkins, 19.2 points per game. 11 points. Uh, per game, they're scoring more with Hopkins in the lineup. With Hopkins, 8.1 yards per attempt passing. That would be right up there near the league's leaders. Without him, 6.1 yards per attempt. A two-yard drop, which would put you near the worst in the league. Kyler Murray this year, here's my, here's my stat for you. Kyler Murray this year averaging 5.7 yards per pass attempt. That is second to last ahead of only Mitch Trubisky. Philadelphia, number one in net yards allowed per pass this year at 4.3. So I know this is a spot where usually, you know, sharps go and they hit the home dog. And I, I just don't believe in Arizona. They, they've, they, they've proven that they are not a team that is going to come through at home. And uh, I just think this Philly team is rolling right now. And I think there was kind of a wake-up call for them last week going down early to Jacksonville. So I think they come out, take care of business here. And it's just been a struggle for Kyler. And it's going to be a struggle uh, until they got Hopkins back. They still got another week. I mean, Rondell Moore comes back last week and he gets like, what, the same amount of yards as targets. I mean, it's just ugly for this offense right now. But that's when you go away from Greg Dortch. Guess who? Greg Dortch. He's got Dortch. Wide open Dortch. <laughs> the, I wanted to back the Cardinals here, but then I remembered it was Cliff Kingsbury and I'm not. The way that they're coming out every game is is stunning. They're never prepared. And I, it happened again last year. This year, they're being outscored in the first half 66 to 16. In the second half at overtime, they're outscoring their opponent 72 to 37. I mean, it's just stunning. So 
if you follow Chris here and take the Eagles, you might also have a chance to, you know, get the car. If you want to try and sprinkle a little middle for the Cardinals, there's a couple things I am worried about with the Eagles. Some secondary injuries, slight practice today, which was good. The offensive line, more importantly, they got a couple guys banged up. Mayata did not practice today, and he was not seen anywhere, which is bad. That's He's one of their most important players outside of skill position, guys. But I do think the Eagles won't have any trouble moving the ball. I, I do think that the Eagles are, are going to start to get – and are starting to get a little overvalued, although I don't hate playing them here. They benefited a lot from turnovers. I mean, what, the Jags had five turnovers last week. Kyler Murray's legs could be a factor here. So, I mean, because, look, the Eagles, a lot of their success on defense this year has been their ability to generate pressure. And they've been doing so against quarterbacks who can't move, right? They played Goff, they played Cousins, they played Wentz, and they played Lawrence, who can move a little bit. None of them run. So we'll see if Murray's legs play a part here. But I wanted to fade the Eagles here, but I'm not. So I don't disagree with you. Um, and if the Eagles win this game, like, ready? Tell me when Tell me when you're going to fade them and they're going to get overvalued. Home against the Cowboys next week. Home against the Steelers. Woo! <laughs> uh, 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 that's it. Uh, this is the team that they were favored in every remaining game, right? That was the big talking point. Uh, where are you going with first? All right. For my first pick of the week five Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens minus three mm-hmm. at home against the Cincinnati Bengals on primetime Sunday night. Look, the Ravens are two and two, which is disappointing. Should be four now. They blow at 99% win probability against the Dolphins. A couple guys were out in the secondary. You have a rookie make a mistake and you're playing a really explosive offense. And they just gave the game away in a game where they fumbled at the one. Okay. Fast forward to another game against the Bills and, the best team in the league at home. You're up 20 to three. You're playing, you know, and, and by the way, this whole season, you haven't had your, your full offensive line. You haven't had your full healthy backfield last week. They lost their top receiver. They were playing with a rookie at left tackle going up against Von Miller and they're up Wait, 20 to three. Yeah, I think Devin Duvernay is still healthy. Devin Duvernay is still healthy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He might, he might be, uh, he's a little banged up, but yeah, I think he is their yeah. number one. Uh, this team could easily, easily be 4-0, and this line would not be anywhere close to three. On the flip side, so and, and look, I think everything is trending up with the Ravens. Their secondary is finally healthy. They should get Bowser back, and you know, you get Pierre Paul in there. So like they're, they're edge rushers, which they've they're really been lacking. I think they're starting to build more depth there. And on the offensive line, we'll see if Roddy Stanley finally comes back this week. He's five full practices in a row. If it doesn't come back now, he's not, he's officially not real. Dobbins getting more assimilated into the offense. And I think that they can move the ball on this Bengals defense. They could take advantage of their linebackers. Look, on the other side of the ball, this Bengals team, their offense is still broken. They couldn't push the Dolphins for a yard. It was sad to watch. And we saw this last year with Zach Taylor. They're, I mean, you go look at their EPA per play in the first half, worst offense in the league. They're just trying to run it into brick walls. Maybe they're afraid of Burrow, again, this offensive line, not protecting him. But we saw it all last year. This happened the first, like, eight to ten weeks, and then the Bengals finally took off when they're just like, all right, let's unleash Burrow. But the offensive line When they, line when they is, played the Ravens, that's when they took off. Yeah, well, I'll get to, I'll get to that game in a sec. The, you know, T. Higgins isn't fully healthy. They can't get the run game going. It's And Burrow is just not playing well because of all of these factors. And if you look at what their wins this year, they beat Joe Flacco – and they beat the Dolphins 
So they beat two backup quarterbacks. And in that Dolphins game, what I called the best spot of the year at home against a rookie coach, short week against a team that just played 90 90 defensive snaps on Sunday that was missing all of their starting corners by the end of the game. And you need a pick late against Teddy Bridgewater. Like, not good. The Bengals are still, I think, completely overvalued from their playoff run last year. They still have stuff to figure out on the offensive end. I think the Ravens should be four-and-a-half-point favorites here. Maybe more when you put the spot. I don't care if the Bengals have a couple extra days of prep. It's Zach Taylor. And by the way, John Harbaugh against teams with extra prep is 32-17 and against the spread. But the Ravens have had this game circled for an entire year. The Bengals were chirping last year, social media. And Josh Johnson was the starting quarterback for one of the meetings. The Bengals played the Ravens late in the year who had Deshaun Elliott was their only remaining starting uh, defensive back. And he got hurt in the first series. It's another classic hardball spot. And we're getting the three. And I'll, I'll be on some Ravens first half too. Lamar Jackson now uh, 38 and 18 against the spread in the first half. Number one by far in 4-0 this year since coming into the league. Harbaugh is like 62% in his career since coming into the league. Just unbelievable. They, they just hopefully won't blow another lead here also special teams advantage for the ravens yeah this is the spot i am rarely rarely wrong on the ravens it wasn't one that i had circled uh i certainly see it you're gonna get the ravens best effort here right the number in my own model is right around three but uh i certainly yeah, the, I, don't, the, I don't think I, you've ever been wrong about the ravens aside from that browns game so and i wasn't here. wrong on that but my second pick of the week five sunday six-pack presented by FanDuel. And the third overall, I am going with the Tampa Bay Bucks minus nine at home against the Atlanta Falcons. And I've been off. I've been well, off. Huh? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not quitting this. Like, <laughs> this is funny because we'll talk, we could talk about this more as the show progresses, but I'm, I, I believe I'm 34 and 11 on NFL bets this year. And I think half of the losses are just like Bucks and Steelers. Like, but forget about the Bucks. Let's start talking about the Falcons first because the Falcons were a team, I think both of us liked. Coming into the year, felt they were a little undervalued, a little feistier than people thought. Uh, but this is a major letdown spot for the Atlanta Falcons. They're coming off two straight upset wins. They're coming off four straight covers. They're the only team that has not lost a game against the spread. They're facing a motivated Bucks team that's coming off two losses, which is almost unheard of, uh, especially for Tom Brady. Uh, but a Bucks team coming off two straight losses, a Bucks team that's on their third straight home game. You're doing all this with a defense that's especially going to be motivated because it got embarrassed after it gave the Chiefs some bullets and board material, which I, I should have got out of that bet the minute Shaq Barrett said that. Like, I hate when guys do that. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a coming out party against the Chiefs. Well, look, not, not only do you not, but then they run all over you as well to add insult to injury. So, um, you know, not ideal, but I think they'll be back focused this week. Are you worried about the Bucks day at all? Are they, like, getting old? or? Nah, so, I'll talk. Like, so, I'm not because – I mean, I felt like Mahomes was just on his shit that game. Like, you could tell it was going to be a Mahomes-Chiefs game when they came out and immediately they got whatever they wanted to Kelsey. Because, like, if you just, like, look at the matchups, you know, Travis Kelsey's obviously one of the most dangerous players in the week. If there's any defense that should be able to slow him down, it's Tampa Bay. But I, I'm not worried about the D, and here's why. Number one, for this matchup, the Falcons are without Cordell Patterson. And that is... I know they ran a ball at Huntley and everyone's all excited about Algier and Huntley and pick up some waivers on fantasy, but Cordell Patterson was 
different. Like he was a weapon. He was somebody the defense has had to account for. He's not just a guy that's in your backfield on a team that wants to run. So uh, I think that's a big loss. But the Falcons Pitch might be out too. But does he even matter now? <laughs> uh, I, I I gave I gave Kerner the line on our podcast fifty two and a half receiving yards, and Kerner went under. So it's been rough for Pitts. I, they're going to need him in this game. But listen, look at the Bucks. This is the Bucks defense this year. They they hold Dallas to three points. They hold New Orleans to 10 points. Green Bay scores twice, first two drives. They keep them scoreless for the next nine drives of the game. To the point where they had a game they had no business being in, they, they almost tied it at the end. So I, I consider that a good day by the defense. You know, if, if I could get Rodgers 14 points, I'd take that all day, every day. Uh, and then they have a bad game against the best quarterback in the league. Okay. Now they're going against this Falcons team that, Marcus Mariota completed seven balls last week. I've been, you know, I was fading Baker Mayfield last week. That that worked out well. Well, Marcus Mariota, a guy who I have liked, especially for fantasy purposes, but he, I talked about Mayfield last week being a, the second least accurate passer from a clean pocket, which is always a, a troubling thing because pressure, you know, it's going to, you know, throw things off. But you have to be able to take, you know, kind of capitalize on a clean pocket. Well, you know who's last? Marcus Mariota. So against this Bucks D, that's number three in pass defense, DVOA, uh, I think it's going to be a really rough go, especially without Patterson, because he just adds so much in terms of the creativity to that offense. Uh, in the two games last season, two games with Ar- since Arthur Smith took over, Bucks outscored him by at least 13 in both games. 78-42 in total was the scores. And, you know, the Bucks offense finally – should be healthy. I know Brady's going through some things on the injury report, but uh, he finished the game against Casey and looked fine. I, I think really what he just needed was his receivers back. And the bet, you know, Chris Godwin played 85% of the snaps last game, caught a bunch of balls. Mike Evans is back. So that's good. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get another game from Julio. He, who knows? He's kind of on that, that Shaq Leonard train of like, does he really exist? I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet against the Falcons continuing to be undefeated against the spread. I'm going to bet on a quarterback who almost never loses two in a row any in any time, much less three. So he is 66, 37 and two, 64% coming off of, against the spread loss since 03. He is 43 and 17, 72% against the spread coming off a straight up loss. He is eight and two against the spread coming off multiple losses. And when facing an undefeated team against the spread, He's 15 and six, 71%, the most profitable quarterback in that spot uh, in our Bet Labs database, which goes back uh, about two decades. So uh, I'm going to continue hammering Tampa Bay. I think this is a smash spot for him. I know people are going to try to get cute and say, you know, there's value on the Falcons at the big number because they've been covering. And, uh, and the Falcons, by the way, get no pressure. They're third lowest in pressure rate. So finally, the 4 0 against the spread, Atlanta Falcons will come crashing back down to earth. Give me Tampa Bay minus nine. I agree with the spot. I teased the Bucks little spoiler teaser for the teaser segment. I will not be betting the side. And one of the main reasons is the head official is Jerome Boger. So good luck. With that. <laughs> this, is, so. this is an over. This could be an over too. Like I don't really recommend a lot of overs, but team total over. Maybe if you don't like weighing the, the, the big number, full game over first half. Like there's, there's a lot of ways you could play this, but. I think the Bucks offense plays well here. I can't say the same about the Falcons offense. Yeah. All right. For my second pick and the fourth overall, the week 
five NFL Sunday six pack presented by FanDuel. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams minus five and a half. I think I'm going to be on an island on this one. Everyone I've talked to loves the Cowboys. I do a couple of radio spot shows. Everyone's saying, why are the Cowboys catching this many points? Enough. Everyone's saying Cooper Rush should be the starting quarterback. Enough. This Cowboys love, this Cooper Rush love has to stop immediately. So let's break down why. And I'm not a fan of the Rams. I've been fading the Rams all year. This line is crazy. This is a Cowboys team that was just a three-point favorite at home against Washington Commanders. A dog at the Giants. And here, here are the teams that they beat, by the way. Cooper Rush's beat. Comes back to beat the Giants. He beats the Commanders. And we're going to get into these fraud wins. In a game that was 15 to 10 of the fourth quarter, they beat the Bengals when they were in shambles. They've done nothing. Take away turnovers on offense from every team. Let's look at EPA without turnovers. The Cowboys this year, their offense is 31st in EPA per play. It's worse than the Texans. So, but why are we taking away turnovers? Because Cooper Rush hasn't thrown a pick yet. Well, in, if you include penalties that don't get captured in these, he has nine turnover-worthy plays. Go back. I went back and watched the entire Washington game last week, with, which Washington should have won, by the way. Game is 15-10 in the fourth quarter. In that game, Washington had two interceptions that were overturned because of illegal contact. Washington also had another overthrown joke deep ball that would have been picked if the safety didn't fall down trying to run out under it. That should have been three picks. Go back to the Bengals game. Three wide open dropped interceptions. Cooper Rush is not invincible. These turnover-worthy plays are coming. This offense can barely score more than 20 points a game. The one great aspect of the Rams team this year has been their run defense. Cowboys aren't going to get anything on the ground. Here, it's going to be up to Cooper Rush, and those mistakes are about to start flowing in. This is a crazy line. This is like a line if Dak Prescott was starting uh, for the Cowboys. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, but now it makes sense because everyone's saying there's no difference and everyone is betting the Cowboys. <laughs> By the way, Sean McVay and the Rams have covered five straight games on short West. Not worried about that. Dallas is also traveling here. He's also 15 and eight against the spread after a loss, covering by about a field goal per game, which is where I think this line is about a field goal short, including four and one in his past five after playing San Fran. Like, here's the thing, this perception difference. Dallas beats Washington because of a bunch of dropped uh, legal contacts. The Rams get blown out by San Francisco. Okay, the Rams get blown out by San Francisco every single time they face them. Sean McVay is, uh, gets owned by Shanahan. This is the, we know this. I actually was surprised that the Rams hung in there for as long as they did. And uh, I just think that there's too much value in this, in this line because of the love that Cooper Rush is getting, which is completely unwarranted. Um, yes, he had a he managed the game well. And if you take away the scripted portion of the games, woo, the numbers are bad if you include the, the legit turnover-worthy plays. Give you a perfect parallel for who I think Cooper Rush is. Let's go back to 2019. Panthers. Cam Newton got hurt. Kyle Allen, starting quarterback, week three for the rest of the year. Kyle Allen wins his first four games. 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Everyone is aboard the Kyle Allen train, even though he threw a bunch of turnover-worthy plays and no one could – everyone was dropping interceptions and there was penalties that took away some – I mean, it's pretty eerie how similar it is. 
You know what he finished the rest of the year after starting four and oh, four and oh against the spread? Oh. He won one game, one and eight okay. straight up, 10 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. His average cover margin over the final nine games, negative 12 points per game. He was absolutely horrendous. Now there's also tape on Cooper Rush. There's tape on the scripted portions here. There's looming regression. Doesn't mean it'll come. Maybe he gets lucky again. I think there's way too much value in this line. Like they won the Super Bowl last year. They're at home playing Cooper Rush. And they're laying four and a four and a half, whatever. The line's up, I think, five and a half now. Not a big difference between four and five and a half. You're under six. Crazy line. Should be seven. I think this is your, uh, okay, it's time for Dak Prescott game. The one concern, I mean, there are actually, there's multiple concerns I have about the the Rams, but the pressure could be the equalizer in this one. Just, it, it's it been real tough this year. Like, this offense has looked different because I don't, I don't put it on Stafford. I kind of put it on the front office a little bit. It's a little bit injuries, but... Like, they're not protecting Stafford. He's got no time. No one gets open but Cooper Cup. I do want to take a second for a quick announcement to any listeners who use the Action app. Thanks to our new partnership with FanDuel. We've got a new technology update for all you gamblers out there, and it's called Quick Slip. Here's how it works. Let's say you've got a FanDuel account, and you're in the Action app looking for the best lines. You can use Quick Slip to go directly to FanDuel with that same pick in a bet slip ready to go. It's a huge time saver for any Action app user who bets with FanDuel. So be sure to check it out. Are you going to place a bet or what? For my third and final pick and the fifth overall of the Week 5 Sunday Six Pack presented by FanDuel. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going there again. Oh no! <laughs> but the one good thing about it is we don't got we don't got Mitch this time. But I got to take the Steelers plus fourteen at Buffalo. Uh, this number is just uh, humongous. Um, you know, I, I think it should be closer to twelve ish. You know, I, fourteen is is really pushing it. Uh, this could be a, first of all, this could be a trap game for the Buffalo Bills, a uh, big emotional win against Baltimore, get back on the right track after the tablet smashing incident the week before. Uh, you also got Kansas City on deck, so you could be looking past this uh, Steelers game a little bit. Uh, Buffalo, I think, also is you know, a little bit of a disadvantage just because they're not going to have as much to prep off of with Pickett, who's playing just completely different uh, than Mitch Trubisky. And that's really why I think you like this number here because now – even if the Steelers kind of look punchless again, you, now you have the, uh, the potential for a backdoor. Pickett is going downfield. His average up to target is over three yards higher than Trubisky. George Pickens was targeted on over 30% of his routes last week, which is a welcome sight because this Steeler team, I mean, they have talent. Like if, if the quarterback can just deliver the ball and, and Pickett did, I know he threw the three picks, uh, got got unlucky on a couple of them, but he also completed every other one of his passes. So 10 of 13 and, you know, talented skill player, the offensive line, they're scheming around it enough that it hasn't been a complete liability. And, uh, you know, looking at this Buffalo team, they're still not fully healthy. You know, this is the, this is that time of year where you start, you start seeing these trap games, you know, these teams are going to have these, they're going to lay eggs. You know, we saw Buffalo against Jacksonville last year. You know, nobody saw that coming. Uh, so just a spot where I just think way too many points, uh, totally new quarterback that could, you know, there's a lot more upside with the Steelers offense to just be competent. That's what, and that's all you need when you're betting these big numbers. 
you know, 14, we see what can happen week to week. Every week we're talking about some, some crazy comeback and some, you know, oh my God, can't believe it. This happened, that happened, this upset, this comeback. Uh, so I'm not counting the Steelers out at all. Uh, I think this is the best thing Tomlin could have done. And by the way, you got, you got the Tomlin spot on the road. Steelers are what? One in three now. Nobody believes in them. 46, 24 and three, 66% in his career against the spread as an underdog, 16 and eight against the spread as an underdog off of a loss, 23, seven and one, 77% against the spread as an underdog versus an opponent with a better record. Uh, just, just another Steelers spot. Uh, I'm not going to hesitate just because I lost a couple with them going right back to it. Uh, what I think could be a trap game for Buffalo. I like to think that I have a pretty good handle on these Tomlin spots. Last week was last week. This week was this week. Next week will be next week. Like I've avoided a couple this year. I think I've only, I only played them against the Bengals. Bengals. He's 29 as a road dog against winning teams, but he got blown out in the last two last year against the Bengals and the chiefs. I've just been more hesitant with this Steelers team because they just don't, they haven't had competent quarterback play. I think Pickett is an upgrade, obviously, over Mitch Bortles. And, yeah, the uncertain, the unknown does work in the Steelers' favor. And I do think the situational spot matters. Bill's off of two really emotional games, a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, <clears throat> I think is the biggest thing here. So I don't know. I don't exactly don't know who's going to play for the Bills. But what, that I, what I do think that means is the Bills usually – this that was like the first game in like – decades that the bills won by not like double digits so the bills usually win with margin and they don't mind running it up but i think even if they're up big there could be backdoor shots here i don't think that they want to with all the injuries they have with the chiefs on deck that they're too concerned with um running this up but i am really concerned about and by the steelers have never closed as a 14 point underdog or yeah. <laughs> more in franchise history. Um, I am concerned about the Steelers defense. So there's no still no TJ Watt, which is just enormous. In 2021, they gave up 6.2 yards per play with Watt off the field, 5.2 when he's on the field. I mean, that's massive. Uh then but the injury list is really long. Cam Hayward, I assume, will go, but he's nicked up. Cam Sutton, well, I mean, their their secondary is really what I'm worried about here. Witherspoon's already out. Um, you know, you Cam Sutton is banged up. And then most importantly, it's like, are they gonna be without both safeties? Which is very scary, obviously, against the Bills, especially when your corner group is limited. Minka Fitzpatrick with a knee didn't practice today. Uh Terrell Edmonds didn't practice today. I think he's in concussion protocol. I don't know, I could have that wrong. But are they gonna be without their entire secondary against the Bills? Wind here, I think, helps neutralize some of that. Um, the Bills offense, if you look at their home versus road splits, their road numbers are ridiculous because they don't have to deal with the Buffalo weather. But, yeah, I think this is the Tomlin spot. I just want to get a couple more guys in there um, for the, the Steelers' day. Man, an opportunity to get a quality dude at a discount. Like, what are we talking about? I believe Minka is more just kind of like maintenance with him. Like, he does have a he does have like a knee, but it's not anything that – to my knowledge, is going to keep him out. It's just something that, you know, they're kind of, you know, Wednesdays off kind of thing. Toe-to-toe with these injuries on both sides because uh, it looks like uh, McKenzie is going to miss. Uh, Crowder's already been ruled out, and it looks like McKenzie's going to miss as well. 
Uh, and then Kumaro, who was a guy that filled in for, you know, when those guys were out, he's week to week as far as we know. So it's just not going to be like, OK, let's go up in there and, and and try to put up 40 and keep it moving. Like, I think it's going to be a, a little bit more of a struggle. You know, you don't need much in these kind of games. I mean, we just saw Billy Zappi uh, against Aaron Rodgers. You know, it, that, that's, that's kind of what I'm banking on here. The Steelers won this game last year in Buffalo with no game. Which yep. They were only a touchdown yeah. underdog. Covered by 13 and a half points. All right, for my third pick and the sixth and final overall of the Week 5 Sunday six-pack presented by FanDuel, I am obviously going with the Washington Commanders plus <laughs> two and a half, just like you, going back to the well. My nemesis has been the Titans. <laughs> it was okay the first two weeks, not the last two. I mean, Vrabel does well as a dog, um, and he overperformed again. Last week against the Colts, they came out with a good scripted portion of the game. And then they did nothing, absolutely nothing. And they got destroyed in yardage, barely hung on against the corpse of Matt Ryan. But look, the Titans, if you look, their scripted portion has been really good, really good. Here, I'll tell you what to do, Washington. I know you, you don't really scout that much. <laughs> in the scripted portion of the game, they're going to try to throw it to Henry and Hilliard. That's what they're going to do early on. They're not really going to do it the rest of the game, but they're going to have really good, well-schemed, plays to get them the ball in space with short passes. And they've been able to build leads. I think they're number one in EPA per play in the first quarter. And, but by the way, overall, the Titans are 30th in EPA per play on defense. They are down in the dumpster with in the EPA per play range with uh, Seattle and Detroit. Their defense is terrible. Their offense after the first quarter is dead last in EPA per play. And now you lose Traylon Burks. Um, so I, this line is crazy to me. The commanders were just three-point underdogs and Dal at Dallas. Everyone's Super Bowl winner with Cooper Rush. At Dallas, they were catching three. I didn't think that they deserved to get blown out. I just told you about all the things that won't show up in the box score. Now Tennessee is laying three. Now, by the way, the contest, this is plus two and a half. Doesn't matter. You either cover or you don't. It's good. I'm going to wait for three. There's no sense of hitting it right now. The same price because Tennessee won two games in a row. And I think fraudulent fashion, still one of the worst defenses in the league. They don't have any edge rush, which is huge here because the Washington offensive line is all banged up. Um, Carson Wentz under pressure is obviously a disaster. Um, but I'm fading Vrabel as a favorite here on the road. This is usually the spot that it does work. Um, as a favorite, he is nowhere close to as successful. I think that the perception on these two teams, and look, I, I think Washington is terrible, but Washington beat Jacksonville at home week one. Oh. Does everyone forget that? Then everyone's like Jacksonville. Jacksonville. No, but listen, but now everyone's like Jacksonville is so good. But Washington beat them. The Eagles are the, the greatest team in the history of football. Okay. They blew out, they blew out Washington. Okay. You know, and Wentz has been awful, by the way. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Washington is any good. The watch their EPA per play for the Washington offense, negative 0.380. You know, there's a second worst is Carolina, negative 0.231. Success rate, how about 25% success rate? Denver's second worst, 34%. Like, pathetic offensive numbers. But I think that they'll be able to move the ball on this Tennessee defense enough to win this game. And Tennessee just doesn't warrant this. And there's no Traylon Burks. Who I, I mean, I, they got to score 14 points early throwing it to Henry. And by the way... The Washington run defense has been elite. I was shocked when I was digging into some of the numbers because I was looking at the – I watched the whole Dallas game, and I'm like, Dallas can't run the ball. 
Philly couldn't run the ball. They held, I think they held both. It's 2.2 yards per carry in both, both games combined. So, and if you look for the season, Washington run defense first in success rate, fourth in EPA per rush. There's too much value here with Washington. They stink, but this is the time to buy them. I'm, I'm back in Washington here. <laughs> Wait for the three. You'll see it come in the app if it ever comes. If it doesn't come, I'm still playing it. If I had to lock it in right now, I would still bet it. Uh, and again, I think that they should be favored. In. I feel like it's kind of like you with the Cardinals. You feel like Washington is the right play here, but Carson Wentz, man, he just finds ways. Like and this is like the repeat of the Colts all over again. Now you got your face essentially facing the Colts. Like it's Carson Wentz of, from last year and a good run defense. Like that was the Colts last year. Hopefully they get it done for the sake of our six pack and uh, and your bankroll. Uh, this this would be the first time uh, in four tries that Wentz has covered against Rabel. Uh, with his third team now so uh we'll see what happens but I, like Wentz is just bad man like he's he's like ruining McLaurin I don't know what's going on here like it, it's I don't, I don't think you should bet on Washington ever again if you win this bet like just take it it's like betting the Jets you know just take it walk away it's one thing to say this on a Wednesday and it's another thing you're gonna be sitting there watching Red Zone and you know Hanson's gonna come on and be like all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, quick change of possession in this game. And Carson Wentz is just, you know what I mean? Like it's just inexplicable turnovers. Uh, I've had college football. You should see my college football cards <laughs> on Saturday. I am well prepared. For, I bet the UTEPs, I bet a team that th- th- didn't have pads. They had to borrow pads. So, yeah, Baltimore minus three, Washington plus two and a half, and the Rams minus five and a half are yours. And then I got Philly minus five and a half. The Bucks minus nine, the Steelers plus 14. That's going to wrap it for the six pack. Let's get into the coaches pep talk. Can I talk to you for a second, please? You stupid This week's coaches pep talk comes to us from Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson. You got to dedicate this is on a Frank Wright, man. Today. They got to get it. They got to get it back on track, man. Indianapolis. I don't know what happened, but it's been one disaster after another with this team. What if I walked up you and said, you're a coward. You wouldn't like it, would you? There was a great coach one time says, fatigue makes cowards of us all. That's when you have fun. When you're kicking somebody's ass and they're sucking for win. All right. Let's get into our favorite total of the week. Where are you going with your total? Yeah, I'm going to go Patriots. This is really dicey, but Patriots, uh, I was going to go Jags under, which I kind of like, but that's that's come down a bunch. I'm going to go this Patriots lines totals come up because of Mac Jones in there. So I'm fine with going under here, under 45 and a half or under 46. Yeah, I like this under here. I think you're getting some value here because the, the lines go over every game. They just played a game with 90 points against the Seahawks, but remember the Seahawks are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Uh, Jared Goff, we know, turns into a pumpkin outdoors. Uh, his, I think he's like 20 and 10 indoors against the spread and whatever. He is not as effective. He doesn't have the strongest arm. And this offense is decimated by injuries. Uh, you know, their offensive line, a number of guys aren't practicing today. Their wide receiver room, most importantly, Amon Ra, I don't think is going to play. Swift is most likely out. And, you oh, know, yeah, they said him out. Up too. Yeah, they said, they, they, they said that uh, before last week that they were almost certainly going to hold Swift out has to buy so the concern now is that Amon Ra could have a high ankle sprain which would sideline him you know potentially even past the buy which would be horrible yeah. news. but uh 
And, and on top of that, yeah, you had Cephas go down. You, your boy, you asked about him last week. Yeah, he, he did have a role. Uh, but you had Cephas go down. Probably no Amonra. And Shark, you know, we don't sir. and Chark. Yeah. So it's like, you know, now you're talking about golf going on the road outdoors to a Bill Belichick defense. Oh, what happened when they played in the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, that's the reason why he's not even on the Rams anymore. Because Sean McVay took one look at this dude, you know, average 0.75 points per quarter uh, against that that defense with Belichick. <laughs> I think that the Patriots, the, the Patriots can be able to run the ball. The clocks, yeah. they're going to be playing really slow. The Lions are dead last in, in rush defense. Patriots are the only team over 50% success rate on rush offense. That, that's all they're going to do. Whether it's Bailey Zappi or a hobbled Mac Jones, conservative game plan here. Let's just lean on our defense. So when Belichick gets a lead, he's going to just restrict them, lean on his special teams, and just bleed this clock late. I know the Lions never die, but there's only so much life they'll have in them with this offense and all of their injuries. So, yeah, I think that there's some value here because of what we've seen from the Lions lately. And now you're getting a bump up because Jones is rumored to be playing. But I don't think that changes the game plan. Jones hasn't been great this year. And I just don't think that changes the game plan. I think Patriots come out here, run it, run it, run it. Lean on those D against its limited offense. Clock will be speeding. Get out of Dodge with a win. I also like the Patriots minus three, if you can get three or better. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I, this is I, this is way too many points for just golf on the road. Period in in this kind of game, uh, it is too many. It's too many points. Yeah, but the Lions all their games, three home games, and at Minnesota. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's like very conducive to scoring points. This one is very not. Uh, for me, I'm going back to reliable. Chicago under forty three and a half at Minnesota. Justin Fields unders ten and four in his career. When the total is above 43, perfect 5-0. and He's just not a good quarterback. They're trying to hide him. They're going to run the ball. Minnesota, Minnesota hasn't exactly been a, been a world beater in this new O'Connell offense. You know, they, they put up 23 against the Packers. They struggle against the – they're the only team to have, like, a, a prolonged stretch of struggling against the Lions defense. Well, I guess aside, aside from the Commanders that half. But, you know, they, they struggled against the Lions defense for even longer than the Commanders did. And I think you could get a little sleepy version of the Vikings, you know, and, you know, they're coming back from London here. Minnesota's averaging 21 and a half points per game. They're allowing 20. So that adds up to 41 and a half. That's under this total as is. And they've played, you know, better. They played Aaron Rodgers. They played the Lions defense. Yeah, Chicago, they're averaging 16 points a game. They're allowing 19.3. And they're running more than any team we've seen in the modern era of football there's a lot of ways that you could get under this one and uh you know those bears unders have generally been in the you know 38 to 40 range so and now we're getting like three four points just because like the vikings team that's averaging 21 and a half points per game even though they played the lions already uh i don't get it so going yeah i actually i actually might play the bears here you know we've only seen teams come back from london and not take a bye five times in NFL history, uh, come back from Europe. And every one of those teams was either tied or trailing in the fourth quarter, two and three against the spread, two of the three favorites lost straight up. This is a lot of points for a low scoring game in a divisional game and a bad spot for this Vikings team that I did not think handled the travel well with this young staff and how they went to London and then how they came back. I think that's really going to hurt them this week more so than maybe the saints. And I think this could be a big Khalil game. The Vikings run day, 29th in rush success rate, 26th EPA per rush. 
get fields running a little bit here too. That's all the bears can do. I, I, I think in our company fancy, like Cole Komet as our tight end. I, 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 <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he exists. Uh, I, was, but I think yeah. they can have success running the ball here in a good spot for the bears. I think too many points in which would be a low scoring game. Cause I agree with your under angle. How good was it for, for the under had it on the pod last week when you tune into giants bears and you just see three running backs in the giants backfield and Daniel Jones wind up at wide receiver every play. Like one of my favorite under moments of all time. All the quarterbacks go down on the Giants and the Bears didn't come into the game with one. So I got to just keep hammering these Bears under. Uh, so yeah, Patriots, Lions, under 45 and a half. Bears, Vikings, under 43 and a half. Just fading this NFC North uh, point scoring for this week, I guess, is what we're doing. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's crazy because I don't I don't really hate that Packers under either uh, against the Giants. All right, now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh yeah, six point teasers. Anyone unfamiliar with teasers, uh, Stucky has a lot of great content out. He just dropped a new a new joint about teasers and, you know, teasing through all the key numbers. So be sure to check that out on actionnetwork.com or, or just go search for it. But where are you going for, for week five? Yeah, I'm going to go. You know, always want to tease through uh, three and seven with a lower total when possible. And uh, so I'm going to do that with the Bucks. Tease the Bucks down. I am, although that, that total is 48, a little on the higher side. Shop around. You can find that eight and a half. I, I bet one recently. Try to find, get that below three. Also, I'm going to tease the Browns up. Really, the low total here at home from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half or plus three to plus nine, whatever it is you can get. I think that from what I can gather and some intel that I get, Clowney and uh, Garrett will play, which is massive for the Browns defense um, against a beat up. Chargers offensive line. This game is in weather. It's going to be wind, outdoors, running game. The Browns' run defense hasn't been good, but their defensive line has been banged up. But the Chargers can't run the ball. And I think that's what this comes down to, is that the Browns are the best rush offense in the NFL. Chargers have been one of the worst. They'll make plays here. I think the Chargers probably end up sneaking this out, maybe. But this is going to be a close game. Uh, I'll gladly take over eight with a low total here. Uh, we're a total of 48 or below. Um, and I think this total will come down bucks and, and Browns. This, I would we'd be waiting for this three with the Browns. If I was confident that Clowney and Garrett were full go, because I think with the chart, you know, without Allen with the, with their inability to run the ball with this win and then their offensive line issues. Now that Browns defense goes as Garrett and somewhat Clowney go without them. It is you can run on them and they're just not giving as much pressure. And the secondary has been disappointing. So I think that they're going to play and have an impact. But that's why I kind of want those points in my pocket. because I'm not just not sure if they're full go yet. Yeah, and they're, they're they haven't been good uh, defending backs out of the backfield, which is crucial when you're because you talk about stopping a run. If that doesn't yeah. work, if you're the Chargers, you're just going to you feed the ball to Eckler in short passes. Well, yeah, I mean, I already I put this in the app already, so I'll, I'll just go with it. But yeah, I'm teasing the Bucks down as well. You should be able to still find an eight and a half uh, at, at certain spots. Um, but 
Uh, teasing the Bucks down, already talked about them. I just think it's a smash spot for them. Uh, this, it's a big rebound spot for, for Brady. It's a big letdown spot for the Falcons coming off two wins, four covers, uh, and losing one of their best offensive players. Uh, and then I'm going to combine them with the Niners down from six and a half to a half. And I'm just, I, I don't want to, I missed, you know, I, I think the number opened like four or something like that. And Sharps just hammered it. And, it, you know, now it's up at six and a half. And I really don't want to weigh six and a half with Jimmy G on the road, but I uh, am comfortable teasing it down. I, I'm just trying to fade this Panthers team any way I can. Uh, you know, I, I, Baker Mayfield is just, has just been a disaster with his team. And, you know, it's not all on him. It, the offensive line hasn't been good. The coaching is not good. I mean, they hired Ben McAdoo to coordinate their offense. Uh, you know, surprise, surprise what the results are going to be. Um, but he's not helping. You know, he, he's got low awareness. He's inaccurate. Now you're going up against a San Francisco team that's number one in DVOA on defense, number one in points allowed. And Carolina is the only team in the league with the worst offensive drive success rate than the Chicago Bears. Drive success rate, not only is how many times you score on the drive, but just how often are you converting first downs? You know, it's a per series metric, essentially. Uh, Chicago is 31st. Carolina is somehow 32nd. And you're going up against the top defense in the league. And I know by now everyone saw the statistic. Carolina, 1-26, in straight up, under Matt Rule, when an opponent scores 17 or more. Well, I went and looked. Jimmy Garoppolo, 18-7 and on the road are the Niners in his starts. Uh, they've scored 17-plus 85% of the time. So I think I just think these are these are good odds teasing them down. Never feel comfortable, you know, laying the six and a half on the road with this kind of Niners team. The offense doesn't really have a big margin for error. You know, a lot of throws to the middle, turnovers could happen. But uh, I just I, I need to find ways to fade this Carolina offense, home road, wherever. Don't care. Uh, it's it's very bad. Yeah, it's a tough spot off of a divisional game on mm-hmm. Monday night, short week coming across the country. I think historically teams in that exact space in that spot over the past 20 years are three and 10 against the spread, but the Panthers right now are so inept. Uh, can't argue. All right. So yeah, stuck has Cleveland up to eight and a half Tampa Bay down to two and a half. And I have the Niners down to a half point and Tampa Bay down to two and a half. Now let's get into our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right. I think it was the first week where neither of us hit. So we got to get back on track. I think it was something like, I think we're like 50-50 going back like the last two years, though. We've been we've been pretty on yep. with these. And that's what you don't you don't even need to hit hit 50% because there's a money line dog. So I know these are like a, a listener favorite. And uh so uh we'll try to keep them coming. Uh who you got this week? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Jets. At home on the money line against the Dolphins. I don't really love many dogs this week, but this one screams high variance to me. You have Zach Wilson in there, quarterback. He's going to be, you know, he's kind of more a high, more high variance, which is what I look for in these money line underdogs. And this game screams high variance. We have Teddy Bridgewater in there. We'll see. The, the Dolphins have a ton of injuries, and that this is going to be such a fascinating matchup when the Jets have the ball. Dolphins' run defense has been spectacular. Don't expect the Jets to get anything on the ground. So what this is going to come down to is the Jets were down to like their sixth and seventh string tackles, I think, at this point. 
they literally have, I think, four off four offensive tackles who started now in IR. They're going to be going against the blitzing Dolphins without their starting corners. And the Dolphins' pass defense has been horrendous because they don't have Xavier Howard, who I don't think is going to go. Jones is still on IR. There are the injuries the sec- like all over the secondary. So it's going to be like Ken Zach Wilson and launch it downfield. It's just going to be Wilson against the blitz against a bad secondary uh, yeah. with some talented receivers. It's either going to go, there's going to be pick sixes or there's going to be long touchdowns, high variance against the backup quarterback in a division game. Yeah, let's throw them in. Let's throw the Jets in there. I like it. Uh, I thought about them as well. Uh, you, you made a good point with the Bears. I think that's an intriguing one uh, as well, but I'm going to stick with my original and I'm going to go with Seattle plus 194 at New Orleans. I do wonder a little bit about the preparation for New Orleans. It's like, I know you, you, you have pointed out how they have handled it better than Minnesota, but you're still coming back from London. You're still kind of like nothing's really going on at practice because all your guys are out. I mean, there's no Winston, no Michael Thomas. You know, Winston probably, maybe he's going to miss another week. If, if he doesn't, he's not going to have a full week of practice, not with his receivers who are kind of still new because everyone was missing time all preseason too. So, you know, whether it's Winston or Andy Dalton, we just need some turnover help. You know, this Seattle defense, you're going to be able to move the ball on them. But, uh, you know, Gino is playing well. Seattle does have some good receivers. They could get, uh, you know, they could kind of hang around here if they just get a, a bounce or two. And, you know, Jameis, if he goes, he's only started one game as a home favorite for the Saints. We always talk about you want to fade him when he's a favorite and back him when he's a dog. Uh, he was minus 321 on the money line against the Giants, lost the game. Uh, and then Dalton is four and seven as a fave straight up as a favorite uh, over the last three seasons. So uh, this is no short thing. Uh, you have a team coming back from a, a, an overseas trip. That's been sloppy. I mean, the fact that they were able to uh, go down, what was it like 20, nothing against the Panthers a couple weeks ago, like this team, I just think you're going to get some sloppiness uh, against the Falcons too. I mean, they didn't show up for the first three quarters. So uh, maybe, maybe you kind of take some first half money line as well uh, to kind of hedge here. But uh, I do think New Orleans is going to be prone to a little more sloppiness than we're used to um, you know, without Sean Payton here at the helm. And they're kind of, you know, the practice, you know, practicing, you know, with different quarterbacks and whatnot. So, yeah, give me the uh, Seahawks plus 194. You parlay those. You get about 6X, a little over 6X. 100 gets you just over 700. Uh, so Jets plus 142. Seahawks plus 194 is our Moneyline underdog parlay for week number five. Now let's move on to the segment that we're going to rename. We're going to call this meaningful to some uh, because, you know, we used to call it best of the rest. They're the games that we haven't covered in any other segment, but shouts to my boy Al Michaels, always dropping the gambling references on there. Uh, They are still, as he likes to say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. So we we just got one game because we're going to talk about the final game in our Survivor segment to close it out. But Giants at Packers, I'm almost surprised you didn't take the Giants in a six-pack. I feel like that would have kind of been on brand for you. Uh, But uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Giants in London. I still don't know if we know who's playing quarterback for the Giants. I think Jones is pushing a play. Terror's in the protocol. Uh, Rodgers coming off and against the spread loss, which he, you know, failed to cover last week. 
good, great call by you. Yeah, so Rodgers coming off a loss against the spread. The next week, he is 48, 24, and 1, 67% uh, against the spread. So uh, for anyone that likes trends, uh, this is Rod, clearly support Rodgers and uh, London favorites since 2009, 19 and 10 against the spread, 66%, although the Vikings did not cover uh, in the spot last week. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Giants here, but I, I just I got to get more information on who's going to play. I, Daniel Jones, look, he was moving around okay. I thought he was definitely going to be out this week, but he was moving around okay today. So I think he's going to play. They didn't sign another quarterback mm-hmm. of the guys they brought in, which is a pretty good sign. And but I also want to see who's going to be available for them from a, a pass catching perspective. Nobody. Um, yeah, I mean maybe Tony gets <laughs> now nah, Tony and Wandell gets ruled in. Yeah, they, and they, they, got, gets ruled they both in. practice, so it's a good sign that they're practicing Wednesday. Uh, that would lead me to believe that they're tentatively due back. Uh, you know, no, no, like now it's Dayball, so he might play them for two snaps each. Like, you yeah, know, you can't predict. This. So, I, you know, and also I want to see who's available for the Packers. Like, they have some line injuries, but on the secondary, like Alexander groin injury, Packers very conservative with their, uh, and, and they have a bye next week. So Jair Alexander dealing with a groin, you know, Amos and concussion protocol. They're starting safety, so they have. There's a lot of uncertainty here. Packers offense is not the same right now. They are not throwing it the ball downfield. They are relying on the run way too much on neutral situations because it's just not their offensive line hasn't been great. What's been, and by the way, Daniel Jones, 10 and 0 against the spread as a dog away from home of under nine points. He just finds a way to keep these games close. And I think him and Saquon can do that against this run D, this Packers run D. I mean, they're dead last in line yards on the defensive line. The Packers, the 31st in rush success rate. We saw the Patriots. Every with year, backup quarterbacks and Every limited year. weapons, control the clock. It's a dog. That was one of the reasons I bet the Patriots last week. And the Giants' offense, uh, their rush offense, seventh DVOA so far this year, blocking better and run in, in in run schemes. Barkley's been great. You also have the, the legs of Jones. I'll be looking at the the Giants here. I don't think this line will ever go under seven. It could go over ten if like Jones gets ruled out, and then you have Davis, Davis Webb. Webb. Then the line will go over ten. But um, I think it'll probably hang in this dead range. So I'll wait to see some more statuses. But I'm leaning Giants here on the back of their run game. And by the way, uh, underdogs in games with an over, un- over under below 42. So totals 42 or below. Um, and this is right around there. I don't know where it's going to end up closing. But under underdogs is obviously more valuable in those games. 95, 60, and 4 against the spread since 2018. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely tempting against this Packers offense. It's still trying to find itself with a bad run D in a low-scoring game. It's pretty tempting to t- want to take the eight points with a quarterback who always just, you know, they'll lose by three somehow. I think there's been, you know, like you said, some positive news uh, regarding Jones because uh, the line is down to seven and a half at FanDuel. The total also down to 40 and a half. So <laughs> everything's just kind of going down. But I would say this. You, if you do bet on the Giants because Daniel Jones is playing, uh, you want to be sure that he's going to be able to actually use his mobility because he had he wanted to get back in the game last week and they they had it eventually they had to do it as a decoy just because you know they had no quarterback. But uh, there was a game uh, I believe it was not last season but the year before where he had hurt an ankle and then he came back, but he was just like he wasn't his usual self and he was just like a sitting duck in the pocket. And it was a disaster. And then he got hurt again on top of all that. So you do want to be sure that he's like actually good and not just like, I'm, you know, I don't want to lose my job 
it's my contract year, you know, good. Like, so that, that's what I say about that. My friend who's close to the giant says he's fine mobility wise. And this line is coming down. Yeah. So I, I stand corrected. Maybe it'll come down more. I'm going to bet it smaller right now myself. Plus eight. There you go. All right. Uh, let's finish off with our survivor pick of the week. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. All right, man. We both uh, survived through four weeks, which is something. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the way it's been, it's been carnage this year for a lot of people that, I, that I've talked to in, in different pools. And uh, even a lot of the pools I'm in, uh, it's, it's already down to like not many people. You know, this is a week. I think there's definitely some options. It's not as bare as some of the, last week, I think it was a little bit tougher. Uh, no, and week three was tough when you didn't know what was going on with the Chargers and, you know, thankfully avoided the landmine, just staying away from them anyway. But uh, where are you going with your survivor for this week? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars at home bounce back spot here against the Houston Texans, who are the worst team in the league. They can't really throw the ball with Davis Mills and, I am a huge believer in the Jags run defense um, under Mike Caldwell in this Bowles-esque scheme. Jaguars defense across the board is just great, has been grading out very well. And yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence will have enough time. I think it's him and uh, Jalen Hurts are number one and two with a clean pocket. And he should have enough clean pockets here to take advantage of a Houston defense that uh, has played better than I thought, but is gettable. Um, I think Jags big coaching mismatch here too. Jags pretty safe here at home, and I and and more most importantly from a survivor pool perspective, I don't think that there's many other opportunities the rest of this year that I'll feel very comfortable using them as opposed to the Bills who are going to be used by a lot of people, and I don't I don't want to get in front of that Tomlin voodoo in the Tomlin spot, but we'll use the Bills again this year. You know, I could see using the Jags. I, you know, as you can tell, I'm pretty uh, down on the Panthers. So I'm going Niners here. I, I cannot find another spot that I would use the Niners this year. I mean, the way Survivor's been going this year, you know, I, I w- I'm not trying to hold on to the 49ers to week six. I mean, they might be t- down to their third string quarterback by then. Uh, so, you know, right now you got Kittle in there. You, you got Debo playing like Debo, uh, Jimmy G. You know, I think I think they could do enough. Again, this is just the top defense in the league versus a bottom two offense. Uh, Arguably, maybe bottom three if you want to say the Texans or somebody like that. But, I mean, this offense, by the numbers, has essentially been neck and neck just as bad as the Bears, But except the Bears aren't passing. Like, the Panthers are actively trying to throw the football with the quarterback that they signed to be their franchise quarterback. It's not working. Again, Matt Rule, 1-26 when the opponent scores 17 or more and, and the Niners do that with Jimmy on the road, 85% of the time, like pulling T sometimes might give us a sweat. Uh, Cause I can see the Niners having a couple turnovers, like you mentioned coming off the short week. Also, I feel like it's like a pot, like uh, action network podcast special for us to hammer the Falcons as like double digit dogs <laughs> against the Niners and like a, you know, like a trap spot. Like the, the Falcons will get blown out this week. The Niners will like shut out the Panthers and everyone will be like, Oh yeah. It's like, and then we'll get seven, seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I, I, I could actually see myself on the Falcons as crazy as it sounds if, if things break right. Yeah. And I'm probably going to use the Rams next week as a spoiler uh, at home against the Panthers. 
There you go. Yeah, no, this Panther team is it's tough to watch out there. Going to fade the Panthers. Hopefully it doesn't bite me because this has been quite a tough year with Survivor. But uh, Jaguars, Niners, hope you guys uh, have not used one of those so you can keep on keeping on. Uh, and as a reminder, we got four weekly episodes of the Action Network podcast dropping all season long. Uh, be sure to check it out. Got a lot of good stuff on the channel. Uh, that's going to wrap it for us. Until next time, let's get this money. Go Ravens. That guy is headed to the slammer. And it will not be a good night.